Are you ready? Let's rock it. All right. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the John Peckman Podcast. Uh, John is having uh, is a little bit under the weather this week, so it's yours truly uh, taking over for the spot. And we have a new guest in the studio, a uh, good friend of mine, and this is a little bit of a different fleck on uh, a twist on the uh, the education side of, of music. We have our uh, illustrious band director from Portland High School, Miss. Kristen Novak. Hi, Kristen. Hey, Dave. How are you? Thanks for having me today. Well, thanks for taking time out of your schedule to come on. You know, it's great. Uh, you know, John's basically interviewing performers and, and uh, people that he's played with and so forth. So I thought it'd be a great idea to uh, get a little bit of the educational perspective of, of the music scene here. So so tell us, tell us, uh, uh, first of all, how long you've been in Portland now? You've been, a, you're, you're a staple now. You're a cornerstone of the music department up there. I guess you could say that. I've been been here uh, 25 years. This is the start of my 25th year already. So, wow. Yeah, I began my career here in Portland, uh, fresh out of college, fresh out of UConn. So. You're, you're, you go, go Huskies. Yeah. Yeah, so. absolutely. Go Huskies. <laughs> Glad they're back in the Big East. That I can tell you. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, you know, so you came right directly out of college? I did. Uh, okay. I, I did. Uh, I remember. <laughs> You know, checking CT Reap for an education uh, job and where it was going to be. And I was driving back up from uh, my house with my parents in the car, and they were concerned, is she going to find a job? You know, it's a music teacher. Uh-huh. But I came in it to the right time where there was lots of openings. And, um, okay. you know, I saw Portland as an opening, and uh, it was East Hartford, Manchester, a couple of places, but I was really drawn to Portland. Right. I grew up in a small community myself. So, you know, I had my eyes set on this job. and. Here I am, and now who did, who did you take over for? I you there know a, I know Brian Kelly was, was here. At for the, he was the high school that ended up being my second gig. My first gig was down at the middle school. Oh, okay, and you know I cannot remember her name, but it was a, a young female, and I think she moved down to the Gildersleeve School uh, to adjust her time because she had a young family. Okay, and then um, you know she moved on from there. But God, I you know I remember it like yesterday sitting in that corner room, which is now the brownstone with the interview and, you know, a couple of parents, a couple of teachers, a principal, you know, and when I got the phone call back that they're willing to have me in for a a guest lesson, you know, I'm been blessed ever since that they gave a chance to a young young right. kid coming out of school so now, now i think don gates was the principal back then he, he was at the high school so margaret, the, margaret downey was the principal okay, yeah. she's the one that took a chance on me god rest her soul nice <laughs> nice you know um and so i was at the middle school for one year uh uh-huh. teaching sixth seventh and eighth grade okay and uh then it, the opportunity came up uh when brian was leaving okay um to take the high school gig and that happened on a uh, Memorial Day weekend. And, uh, you know, I remember Joe Castagnola was the superintendent back then. And he said, you have the weekend to decide. And uh, yeah, that was a tough weekend because I really loved working with the middle school kids. And I nice. loved that faculty and that building. Um, and, you know, I was really nervous taking over a high school gig. But, um, you know, I made the decision and, and here I am still in Portland 24 still, years later. Still plugging away. Still on the honeymoon, my God. Yeah, goodness. I can remember, I can remember Joe Castagnola. His, his famous, just call me Joe. Just call me Joe. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, and then, and then I went up and it was Don Gates, Mike Sidoti. They were the administrators up there and, and they were so supportive and, yes. um, you know, so that's the beauty of Portland. You know, yeah. that, I'll give a huge shout out to the community of Portland because, you know, they just... There's so much support and love for music and respect for music. It's in history, you know, ingrained in the history. It doesn't matter who you bump into. If they grew up here, they'll tell you about the Eric Osterling days. They'll tell you, you that, know, that what was it was era. like to be in, in, in band and how important it was. So I, I can remember, well, uh, I, I only was in the high school band my senior year yeah. uh, and so forth. And when, uh, um, back when they didn't have the science wing, the, the band ring was uh, obviously the band room was right at the top of the stairs. And Mr. Austin used to stand outside between classes, you know, and just lean against the walls. The students were filing their classes. So. Right. And I can remember walking by his Krasminski. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mr. Austin, what's up? He says, Hey, uh, you play guitar, right? I says, uh, yeah. He says, uh, come here. So he brings me in the band room. He says, I need a string bass player for next year. I says, here, take this thing home. <laughs> and that was it. I come walking in the house with this big three-quarter size bass. Uh, my mother says, what are you doing with that? This is uh, Mr. Austin who wants me to learn and play next year. So and that was it. So, that was but it. I spent my, my senior year in band. That was a great experience. It really was. So. Oh, 
Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, and that's the biggest thing, like the experience of, of being in the music program, no matter where kids are, you know, that's, that's, it, it, there's nothing like it, you know? No. And so I, I just want every, every student, you know, to, to have that experience, whatever they want to take from it, you know, yeah. if it's just the social side, if they're going to be music majors, if, you know, whatever it is that just play because it, it's a vehicle, a voice for them, whatever it is, it's, it's, well, it's amazing. Kudos to you because, you know, uh, you know the, the size of the school that we have basically, you know, about 360 students and so forth. And, and basically out of the school population, pretty much three quarters of them are in the band of course program. Yeah. You know, it was, we had the pandemic has put a little damper on that, yes, you know, yes. um, you know, I'm sure you'll ask about that down the road, but teaching music during a pandemic was certainly such it a was challenge. Not fun. Well, teaching anything in that was, uh, well, was yes. not, not fun. My God, it's, it's like, uh, you know, you're, you're doing, we, you know, we obviously, we took a hit here at, at, at the music school, you know, with, with private lessons and, you know, uh, you know, from the, from the standpoint of zoom less, I mean, zoom is, is a technology and so forth, but you know, the, you know, from a private standpoint, there really wasn't a huge appetite for that. You know, it's, it's not the same as one-on-one. Okay. Do this, do that. And, you know, you're looking at a phone or you're looking at a screen and so forth. Right. And, you know, so, so we're in the rebuilding years of that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and again, I have to say t- the board of ed or, you know, Charles Britton, um, Eric Martin, Kate Lawson, Chuck Hershon, the administrators, everybody, they're 100% behind bringing yeah. it back to what it was. Um, you know, it's going to be different for, for a while. Oh, sure. Um, but, you know, making sure that we have that as the cornerstone of, of Portland High School, um, the kids back in the band and chorus program. So we're we're working toward that, and I, I'm very excited, yes. as a, you know, to, to come back from that. And, and we have... Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the administrative team out of Charles, I mean, they, they, they brought back, the, brought back the musical. So, I mean, right. you know, so that, that was huge. So much was taken, you know, and I, I call it the snap of March of, yes. two, you know, 2019 there. And, and it just, uh, it just was crazy. Was it 2019, 2020? I don't even yeah. know. It's like oh, a 20, blank. Yeah. 2020. <laughs> 2020. March of 2020. 2020 right. Yeah. Um, and so it just, you know, there we were, and, you know, we were supposed to go to Disney, and we, you know, a week away, we're in tech week for the show, for the Little Mermaid, and, you know, we're just about ready to put the kids in costume, and, and, you know, then it was sort of like, it closed, it just, March 20th, I can't remember, it was like, it was, it was like yesterday, and when we came back in, we were finally allowed to come back to school, you know, I walked in, it was, it was like walking into a ghost town, you know, you just, everything was still there, um, you know, it was traumatic for the kids, certainly traumatic for us. And, uh, you know, cause, you know, we love the, what we do. We love our job. We love sure. our kids and sure. you, know, you pour your heart and soul into it. But yeah, so we're, we're excited. You know, we're starting to get back to normal uh, and I'm not sure normal is, the, you know, we always, we use the word cautious. Are we ever going to be back to what normal is? Our new normal. Or the new normal. Exactly. Right, right. So, so, you know, the nice thing too is, is that, you know, unfortunately the, the, the seniors that were in that play and so they got cheated out of the play that, that they, year, but they, and you did a great thing by you know you know inviting them back the next year. Oh you know, yeah, and not not all of them came back, but a lot of them did. You, you know, know was, at the end of the day, like yes, I teach music, you yeah. know, and I I would love for all of my kids to come out and, and major in music or sure. oh, take yeah. a career path, but there's so much more to it um, yes. that that we provide for kids and those memories. And, you know, f- philosophically, and, and Sam is the same way in our, in our new director, you know, we just want students coming out of our program where they have a love for music yep. and then we continue uh, that art form through them in some way or somehow. So if they have children down the road and they want to take an instrument and they want to be involved sure. in the music program, that their memories are so fun, they say absolutely, or that they're now, um, you know, in, informed enough to go out to a concert and support musicians, whether it be local, you know, jazz that's happening sure. at, a, at a restaurant, like, oh, it's a Friday night and the jazz trio's there. Let's go listen to them because I enjoy listening to that genre. Or, you know, whether it's, you know... You know, the Great Hill Mountain Band, for example, because sure, they're yeah. always performing around here. Yeah, yeah. You know, that they go out and listen to them at the Riverside Park here that you have. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That, that's what we need to be there for, that we continue um, that tradition of in this art form that they just realize that music is an essential part of being a human being. You know, fostering that culture, you know, within the town, I think, is, is spoke volumes. Uh, I mean, the, the, you know, since you've taken over, I, the, the program has grown exponentially. You know, yes, we took a hit um, dur- during, during the COVID thing. But, you know, uh, I, c- I can remember back in the days before you got there, you know, the band program was, uh, they 
had pretty pretty dismal numbers. You had like maybe twenty five kids in the band. Now you're you're you know just south of a hundred or right. over hundred. Back in the heyday, you know, um, you know, class sizes change in Portland, right? So right. you know that has a lot to do with the, our numbers. How many kids we have in the program? How many kids right. are in the graduating class? You know, there, there's a little correlation there. But uh, there were times, you know, one hundred and twenty kids in the band alone, and yeah. there was one hundred and thirty. 140 in the chorus. In the chorus, yeah. yeah. That's um, three quarters of the school. Yeah, I, um, and we're hoping to get back there, and I, and I think I think we can. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, but, but to that point, it's the fact that there's so much support. You know, not just on the board of ed side, board of selectmen side. You know, um, in townspeople, like they just. It, it, it's something special about Portland that probably has kept me here for that 25 sure, years sure. that you can't get everywhere. You well, know, I, I can remember, you know, my kids film all the board of selectmen's meetings and I can remember a few years, well, quite a few years back now that when you guys came in to, uh, you know, uh, petition the board of selectmen and uh, the, the town to purchase new band uniforms. I mean, it was like, no problem. You got it. Right. You know, yeah. those uniforms were, were, predated me so you yeah. know it was time for for them and yeah those and old it, wool things yeah. well, uh, well they had the wool ones and brian got a new set and then they were starting to fall apart but you know again we we teach the kids take good care of this this yes. is not something that is expendable you know and yeah. and um they're not cheap and and so it just yeah i it, it's something that i think has made my job easier sure you know is is that support so so anyway, so t- so tell us about your day job when you get there in the morning. What uh, g- give us a normal day? Oh, a normal day. So if um, there's a normal day, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so you know you come in. I have uh, this year. I'll have three different band classes uh, okay. that meet um, from the schedule because the schedule's changed. But so um, I have an honors band class, uh, and then I have two sections in symphonic band. Um, so I'm teaching three sections of a band. Okay. Um, you know, some days some. Some semesters I'll have a music theory class where I get to teach, uh, you know, it's called fundamentals. um, And that is geared for, uh, you know, students who want that next level to understand a little bit more how music actually works. The nuts and bolts. The nuts and bolts, (laughs) right. And we're going to put the fun in fundamentals. um, And, you know... (laughs) Try to sell that. Uh, You know, and kids come in with that. They're like, well, I want to know, you know this, what is this chord progression and how does it work and why is it this way? I'm like, well, we can't get there before you, you know, until you do this. And so they get a little bit impatient at times. Um, I'm like, and like, you have to learn how to crawl, then walk before you can run, you know. Yes, you do. (laughs) Yes, you do. You know, because with technology, it's so easy to think that you can just whip off a a chart and it's, you know, and it's there. But no, to make it really good, even even with the digitized music and the music technology in the loops, you have to have some sort of understanding of theory for it to to have it make sense and make it sound great. So, so I I, I can, I can remember back to my college, I'm sure as you can too, you know, analyzing uh, Bach four-part fugues, you know, and say, okay, what's going on here? And it's like, okay. Yeah, I love my music theory geeks. I mean, they, you know, you have your friends that just, they lived and died for yes. that, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, that, you know. And I try to tell the kids, I'm like, actually, when you get into the, the, the depths of, of analyzing, it is a lot of fun. And then you argue over, well, yeah, what, what, what is that? You what know? did he mean that I did? Yeah, you know? so, so that's fun. And then uh, I just recently started a... Uh, started offering music technology yeah. at the high school um, and they've have that as an exploratory in eighth grade um, but we have a course for music technology and the hope is eventually to have that as a, a second part to that that can be independent of it um, okay. you know like more like music production okay um, because I think that taps a different group of, of students right sure. because we have students that that you know jam out in their basement that aren't in band or yeah. in chorus yep. um and they it's a niche for them you know sure. um and and let's face it with the iPhones and the technology in their hands these kids are into garage band or oh, whatever yeah, okay. whatever they have on their you know particular phone i i happen to be a mac user so garage band is you know right there right, right. um but you know audacity or whatever and they and they play with those you know sure. and and there's a a definite niche for that so you know and i i I tell these kids, I'm like, listen, I'm like, you don't have to play the trumpet and have a career in music, you know. Um, there's so much out there in the world of, of music production and technology that, it, you know, that you don't even know exists. So let's explore that. Um, right, right. And you don't have to necessarily take the traditional path, like when I was in school or even when you were in school, you right, know, like, right. well, if you're going to go to music school, you're either going to be a music teacher or you're going to be a performance major. There you go. You know, um, and that's not the case anymore. No, you know? no. So, I mean, the... the you know the, the the variety of of 
paths within the music genre are, are just, you know, they're expanding every year. Uh, you know, music production, uh, you've got writing songwriting, you've got uh, producing, you've got, you know, you name it. Uh, now, you know, going back to, to, to the pandemic and you started doing the, uh, with the technology, with the Zoom, how much of a learning curve was that, you know, getting kids practicing together? Tell us how you, what you went through with that. Okay, well, so, uh, you know, the fact that I'm teaching a music technology course is kind of hilarious because I am not a technology guru. But, oh. you know, when we, we there was a pecking order uh, before Sarah Ketterer uh, left, we used to, we nicknamed her the tech native, you know, because anytime anything technology related had to come up, Sam and I would look at each other like, oh, okay, we have to call Sarah. Um, you know, so I, I had, I would say one of the benefits of the pandemic was forcing me to learn more learn technology, technology, right. Um, and figure out what is out there and, and, and work through that and become more comfortable. Of course I could, you know, do the, you know, uh, Excel and Google docs and all that stuff, you right, know, right, that right. you just need that. But the, but the actual mastering and technology, you know, that forced me to really learn, how to use GarageBand and and work through that. So um, that is a real plus. And when we were in the pandemic, you know, the kids had to, uh, we had smart music, you know, that teach the kids how to use that and record through smart music or, you know, a flip grid or whatever and listen back for themselves. And then, you know, that desire for performance because, you know, that was taken away from us to exactly. be able to perform. You know, that's what we do in a performance-based class is you work really hard to put on some sort of, and performance production, um, we had the kids, you know, record uh, separately, and then I had to take all the tracks and put them together to yes. to make a a, a a piece, you know, and yeah, yeah. yeah, three minutes of you know a hundred kids submitting tracks and trying to get them lined up, and yep, that was about four hours of work. Oh my, oh, way more than four, I have to yeah. tell you, <laughs> it was at least a, at least an hour or more per track for that, and then you have to balance it out, and if if you don't know how to, you mix. know, the shortcuts and, and even mix and Oh, yeah, I, I don't want to do that again. Um, although it, it's a lot of fun. I said to my husband, I said, you know, if, if for some reason, you know, teaching, you know, goes away and it becomes all robotic, I, you know, I, I think about going back for some some classes in, in music production and the technology because it, it did interest me. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was it was really hard because, you know, kids, they sense of timing isn't always the no, best, you know, know exactly. and, and it, you know, depending upon what they do with the click track and you have to line it up, it was, it was hard work. Um, there was many hours to that and many frustrations and my computer wasn't fast enough to process uh, through all yes. that. So you'd get the, in my Mac, I'd call it the spinning wheel of death. Oh, yes. You know, he just yeah, yeah. spins and spins. Weather balloons. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You know, my husband would, you know, it was hours, I, you know, be midnight. And he's like, you need to just step away, you yeah, know. Sometimes and, that's what you have. But, you know, to that end, with all of that work at the end, at the end of the day, when I put that production out, it was for Memorial Day. Yes, um, yes. You know, just to have something so that you can have a virtual Memorial Day. Yeah, yeah. The response in, to that um, and, and the, 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 thank, the thankfulness that I received from, sure. from everybody, sure. just so they could hear the kids perform, just made it all worth it, you know, yes, yes. because people did, you don't realize what you take for granted until it's taken away. Exactly. You know, and, and the students, even when we had to come back in the next year and we didn't have any performances per se where we could cut together yeah, uh know. you know that that next year because we had the restrictions of of being six feet apart and you know you had to have the ppe because they thought that the droplets would spread and um you know we were still doing virtual performances the kids really missed that you know they really realized how how much performing together sure means yes yes you know as a musician so well i remember when you know, they, they canceled the Memorial Day Parade. They wanted to do a virtual parade. Uh, you know, my town tech kids, we went around and, and to, uh, they had the honor guard to go around to all the cemeteries. Uh, we went and filmed all of that. We filmed your performance as far as intersect yeah. that into the, into the thing. And uh, it was, but I, uh, people appreciated that. They, they did. They, they, they really, really did because that's a, that's a, you know, Memorial Day, you know, in this town is, is a, is, is a, it's a holiday, but it's also a day of reverence to, you know, honor those that, that served in this country. And, and, you know, that, that service to the country is, is, is really appreciated. Well, stuff. we know Sarah is, you know, Sarah Rutter, she's passionate about that. Oh, so God, she, yes. you know, so she is, re was really important to her um, and to Susan and the select selectmen that, that we do something to honor them and not, and not let it go by, you know, sure. even though we were locked down. So, right. Um, being able to to participate in that and, and share that performance that was 
that was truly special. Sure. Um, you know, and I, I know it meant a lot to, to everybody. So, you know, going back to, to, to scheduling and so forth, I know you have your um, years pre-planned out as far as what, you know, I mean, I know you, you, you typically always go to uh, um, Eastern States. Yes, we're doing uh, that again this year. You're doing that again. So tell us tell us how you go about planning. I know, are, are you going to Disney this year? Or um, this is not a travel year. This so we, we kind of have a, a formula, if you will, of, of what we do for, for our performance schedule. And I'm happy to say we're back to that normal, you know. Okay. Um, last year we only had two performances in our program because we weren't sure what, you know, what the year was going to look like, you know, right. when we came back and, and, and how were we going to, you know, were we going to plan for everything and then have it ripped out underneath us? So, um, you know, coming back together as a full ensemble, we only did two performances for our band, but this year we're going back to, uh, three performances, three okay. concert performances. So we'll have a concert in November. Okay. We'll have again, one again in February and then our extravaganza in May, which is our district our district wide, my one. favorite concert, by the way. Yes. Um, and then we have our fall is more back to normal, so we will be doing the Big E. We did do that last year too. Yeah. Uh, UConn Band Day, uh, which is an awesome experience for the kids, where they uh -huh. get to go up to uh, Rentschler Field, and they work with um, you know members of the U UCMB and David Mills and his staff and uh, other schools from around the state come together right. and perform at the halftime. Um, so that's always exciting. Plus, they get to watch a football game and. Sure. And that's fun for the kids too, yes, you know. Absolutely. Uh, this year it's on the tenth, and it, it's a UConn Syracuse game, so it should be, uh, should be a good game, you know. There we are, uh, back in the Big East, uh, UConn Syracuse, and um, and uh, there, you know, that's a. I think it's an evening game, so it's going to look look a little different for us, sure, and um, our timing. But it, last year they UConn changed the format where they had uh, the UConn band members do sectionals and be mentors to the kids and they oh, kind of nice. integrated in and did, you know, performance circles within their sections. And I think the kids, the takeaway on that, um, for the kids was they liked that much better. Um, and I have a number of kids that from that experience decided to, to, to do a uh, marching band when they get to college, nice. you know, and they ask about that and I say, absolutely, you know, you should try it, you know, and if it doesn't work out your first year, then you don't have to do it the next year, but it's right. a great way to get into the college experience and, sure. and make friends and, and still keep music part of your life. It's a great social aspect. It is yeah. a great social aspect. And then we do the Portland fair, yeah. um, which I'm, I see is back on for we're, this year. So, you know, you know fingers, fingers crossed, crossed. We're, we're, we're doing it. You never know what Mother Nature has in store. So. <laughs> I, you notice that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know. you know. Uh, so here's to hoping, you know, we need the rain, but hopefully not coming yes. on to the uh, Portland Fair weekend, uh, yeah, you know. Exactly. So that you can have the fair down at the fairgrounds. Now, you, yeah, you've always done, uh, are you are you doing the Wolf Pack this year? Um, you know, our my contact with the Wolf Pack, he's uh, moved on. He's actually with UConn right now. Um, they have reached out, so I'm hoping to maybe do something again with the wolf pack uh later in the season whether it's the fall or the spring um but you know now we have the yard goats uh yes. and, and you know we could do something with them in the spring sure as you know i'm a huge baseball fan so uh i wonder why yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about that too <laughs> so hope you know that might be an opportunity for these kids to get out performing uh we have a musical i do not know what it is and that's not a lie everybody always says when you say you don't sure know you what know. it is yeah, sure you, you know, know you just yeah, don't yeah. you just uh, no i am not playing pinocchio i really we have haven't decided yet. Um, okay. So hopefully when we get back to school, uh, we'll have a decision about what uh, show we're going to do. But that'll be in March. We'll have our show. Um, you know, and then obviously we have uh, Memorial Day and graduation. And then for kids uh, who are interested, there's always the, the option for the festivals. You know, they can sure. audition for Northern Region uh -huh. and then with the prospect of hopefully doing Allstate. Um, but it looks like Shoreline Music Festival and Charter Oak Music Festival, uh -huh. which are teacher nominated, are going to be back on the table to get together nice. uh, with the schools in the surrounding areas, which provides an extra um, opportunity for kids who are really serious about music and want to experience it with kids who have that same level of interest uh, and, and then, you know, a guest conductor. So right. we do have, uh, you know, funny story. I have a student um, who's... Uh, uncle actually was my cooperating teacher really? and he is a composer he came in last year to work with the middle school band so i'm hoping that i'll be able to tap into tony susie again and and have him come and join the band and work with us uh you know because he's uh 
was a fabulous educator. He's now retired, um, you know, back in his day. And now he's composing too. And he's got some great compositions that are at the level of, you know, middle school, high school. So, um, you know, to have that perspective uh, right. would be fabulous. So that's a great resource that we have. So sure. I'm hoping to bring that in for sure. our kids. You know, that, that, those, those types of experiences when you when you bring practicality uh, okay uh, of of the of the industry uh because a lot of times it's it's you know they kids sometimes are looking just here and they don't see the whole panoramic you know uh big picture you know as far as what's out there right and how how much more exciting and cool is it that to have the actual composer in front of you talking yeah. about what the tent because i you know i spend time in rehearsals saying okay well th this is why he's got a you know here she has a crescendo here this is what's happening here you know the, you know the texture's changed and you know you hear the voice like here's the melody but then it's passed to here and we talk about all the you know nitty-gritty um but to have a composer there to tell him why it's happening or what the inspiration is for the piece behind it, you yes. know, just as a whole, a whole different, um, you know, level. So, uh, those are just a few things that we're, we're looking forward to for this year. Yeah. Um, well, it's amazing. Different composers. Uh, and I've asked, you know, songwriters, you know, um, how do you write? And, and everybody is different. You know, some, you know, th they have a, a hook line in their head. Okay. Right. And they start with that. Some people have a baseline. Some people have, um, you know, lyrics that they're basically trying to write to so there, there's really no set okay uh recipe okay this is what we you know how we do it and everybody's different and you know it, it comes together and it's uh, it, it's their own vision right well that's what makes it so exciting you know yeah. um and i i get all like giddy and excited about about this when i'm working with my bands and and even teaching technology and, and music technology and music theory like it's exciting to see what they're thinking and why they're putting it together and trying to get inside their head and and trying to you know recreate what they their intent was of uh -huh. that composer um and so i guess i get really passionate about that and and sometimes a little a little goofy and giddy but you know and the kids see that and they respond to that you know it, right. it just i don't know the, i went into music because i fell in love with it back in second grade right. you know uh my parents told me that that I knew I wanted to be a music teacher all the way back in second grade. Really? Uh, yeah, which is crazy because um, I didn't start band. I started band early. I started in third grade. Um, but I always knew that it was important to me, you right, know. Right. Um, and so, and I think it was because I had teachers who were passionate. And then, mm. you know, um, it just sparks an interest in sure. kids. So, you know, if for anything, like I said earlier, just so that they recognize that they're, you know, what you might be listening to and take for granted in the background, there's more to it. And just to heighten their awareness of, sure. of you know, of why it exists and the well, importance. You know, yeah. And that's that's all part of the big picture. You yeah. Know, as far as as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, so I know, um, you know, getting getting a little on, on, on the personal side, tell I know uh, uh, the, the family, I know your, your husband is a military man or has, well, he was, he, yeah, he's retired he, Navy, Navy. No, he was army. He uh, was army. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he uh, went to, he went to West Point. Um, okay. and then he served his, you know, five years. Uh, he did a, a two years down in Louisiana, Fort Polk, Louisiana. Okay. Um, I do not intend to move to the South anytime soon. Uh, that's intense heat and humidity. <laughs> uh, this summer is a little taste of what it's like down there all the time. Yes. Um, and then he had the opportunity to finish his obligation, uh, in Connecticut through the National Guard uh, commanding a company up here. So he did that, and he uh, was a com company commander for five years. So he was in the military for eight, total uh -huh. of eight. Yeah. Um, and then he... Is that where you guys met up here? Uh, I actually met him in high school. You really? I did, nice. I did. Nice, high school sweetheart. Well, not really, but uh, we were in the same friend circle. So, okay. yeah, um, but uh, at the time, uh, my boyfriend at the time and, and my husband, they were best They were best friends. So uh, we spent a lot of time together. Um, nice. Yeah, uh, so I've known him uh, for a long time, wow. uh, yeah. And uh, Now, is he totally retired now? Uh, yeah, he, he didn't he retire. He resigned from, uh, from that. He resigned his commission because okay. um, he was part-time. Uh, a lot because I think grandma, his grandma, uh, the matriarch of the family said, we're all set. You know, it was right during the time of uh, post 9-11 and shock and awe. And, and she had, you know, lost grandma. Holly had lost her husband, first husband at war, and then her second husband and her, you know, son-in-law and her son. And she's like, she you know, she's like, I'm all set with I'm my grandson. So you've served your time. And, and he had, he felt that, you know, his time was done. And he, and at that point when he, he was almost deployed, um, you know, and I know he's sad to say that he didn't 
he wasn't fully deployed, but he did what his country needed of him. It, um, you know, the National Guard was activated, and he went down to Fort Eustis, um, and he was almost deployed three times. Like, we're going, right. we're not, we're going. Yeah. And then um, they decided that, um, you know, the direction, I think it was, that he was going in was through Turkey, and, and Turkey said, nope. Uh, so... His orders were canceled, and uh, when he came back, uh, our priorities changed. It was at that time we decided that, you know what, it's time to start a family. We had been married seven years at that point. Okay, um, And we decided to start a family. So, you know, priorities changed, and, and uh, he resigned his commission, and, and uh, you know, the rest of that is history. Great, great. Yeah. I know, you know, my son is, uh, he served eight years active, and now he's, uh, both him and his wife are out uh, uh, well, thank you for his service too. So oh, yeah, you know, kiddos. Uh, but you know, he, uh, he did, uh, he did, uh, I don't know, four years in, uh, four years in Germany. I, uh, he did, uh, uh, a year in the sandbox in Iraq yeah. <laughs> as he calls it. And then he, uh, finished his active party. He, uh, he was down at, uh, Fort Hachuca down in uh, Arizona. And then he went out into the reserves and then his reserve unit, um, uh, basically got disbanded here in Connecticut and uh, he didn't want to go every other weekend or one weekend a month and up way upstate New York. So uh, anyway, you know, uh, Abby Pickle's dad, Colonel Pickle, got him to come over to the dark side as he says <laughs> into the National Guard. So he's in the National Guard. Oh, he is. He's still in the Guard. Yeah, he's, he's still in the Guard. So yeah. he's still a bandsman. So he's, uh, you know. And that's another opportunity for kids, you know, like they don't realize, like, you yeah. know, you got Music is everywhere, right? Yeah, so, it is. and he, yeah. he and your son, you know, went to Berkeley and, you know, was in the bandsman and in in the military, and he's a teacher now. So, yep. you know, um, yeah, it just it's it is everywhere. But, yeah, so here and he is, and so you, you got your family. You got two kids. You I got do. A, you got a daughter and a son. I know Jack is is. Uh, and he's the oldest. He's the oldest. Jack okay. is the oldest. Uh, and, he's uh, headed off to college next Wednesday. Uh-huh. Um, where, where's he's that? Going to be attending uh, Mitchell College down in London. He's pl- uh, going to be playing baseball down there and pursuing a degree in health science. Um, okay. You know, he'll probably somehow be in the career. He uh, his end game, uh, whenever that may be, uh, is going pro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his end game, whatever that may be, is physical therapy or athletic training. I don't see him too far away from, uh, sports at some point, you know, and his personality is he's a people person. Yeah. Um, and he loves helping people. So I, I, I think that, 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 you know, his end game somewhere will be somewhere sport related and helping, helping. So. Well, the apple f- doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. We've told him he does not, he's not suited for a desk job. He is way too social to be, you know, somewhere where he needs to be behind a computer screen. So now um, he, he's, he's a pitcher, correct? Uh, he's a pitcher and a fielder. So right now we're thinking, uh, you know, he's going to go and they'll put him where they need him, um, you know, kind of a two-way. And, and his coach, once he gets there, will figure out what, what the best option will be for him and his team. So we're we're um, hoping, you know, uh, that he'll have a good time and a career. And, you know, his time will come at some point, you know, sure. uh, when he's down there. There's a lot of great players. So he's, a, he's very excited for that. Um, and we told him, you know, go live your dream and, uh, you know, have fun, have fun. Cause you got finite time, uh, exactly. you know, to, to, to be an athlete, uh, because your body will quit before your love and heart. for Oh it will. yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're finding that out. <laughs> right. So, you know, we've encouraged him to, to, to do that. And, and my daughter, uh, Caitlin is a sophomore. Uh, and now she, they graduated or at Bacon, correct? Yes. Bacon. Oh, okay. Yep. So she's a sophomore in Bacon at Bacon, rising sophomore at Bacon Academy. Okay. Um, she too is an athlete. Um, yep, uh, both of them. Sadly, we tried to get them uh, to be musicians. Caitlin held on a little longer than Jack did. Um, but, uh, you know, gosh, she was good at the saxophone. You know, I told her, I'm like, oh, Jack, not so much. We, he wanted to play the saxophone. And I'm like, no, no, you're not playing the saxophone because I, you know, we'll butt heads. And I put him on the trumpet, but he really wanted to play the sax. And by the time he switched over, you know, that, that ship had sailed. So with Caitlin, when she said she wanted to play the sax, I'm like, okay, we'll just dive in. Um, and you know, she was, she was good. I just, you know, but her, she loved, she loves basketball. Um, you know, and that was her passion. So as long as she has a passion and she's doing something, um, you know, that was it. We, I tried to have her hang on, but you know, you never know. She may go back. Um, you know, um, and so we're excited to see that. And she's, uh, she basketball is her primary, but she plays uh, soccer and track. She picked up track last year as well. So, nice. um, yeah, she's she's a pretty athletic kid. 
that's nice. Yeah. Now, your advice to high school seniors or students, you know, you know, embarking on on careers. Um, what, what's your advice on as far as I know? You know, every industry I I know, you know, is uh, experiencing, um, you know, what we call the the gray tsunami, the ball tsunami, or whatever we yeah. want to call. What would be your advice to, to, to high school seniors on, you know, c- picking a career path, you know, uh, focusing in music or whatever? Well, that's a loaded question, actually. Um, I do have moments where I do get to talk to my kids before they graduate my seniors. And one of the things I said is, you know, what's kept me in Portland, what keeps me doing what I'm doing. I was blessed enough to find a, a career path in the two things that I love the most. I mentioned earlier that I loved, I knew I loved music ever since I was in uh, second grade. And I also had a passion for kids. You know, I liked being around kids and helping people. So I've been blessed to put the two together. So my, the two things that I I enjoy most, I get the most enjoyment from and most passionate about, I was able to find a career for. So, you know, I, I tell, I tell students, I'm like, first of all, nothing in life is permanent except for probably death, right? Yeah. So, no, no, paying taxes <laughs> and death. That's right. <laughs> you know? um, but, you know, y- you don't have to, you know, feel like you need to have it figured out when you leave school, right? Off right? Yeah. right off the bat. Um, more so now than when I went through school, right? You know, you, we were expected, I was telling my husband this, we were expected to know what we were going to do right. when we entered our freshman year of college. And that's sort of the path you took. Um, so I always tell, you know, students, I'm like, when you go to school or you you know, move in and in, in making decisions, experience as much as you can, you sure. know, like, and I even telling my, my own children that, you know, Caitlin, she's interested in art. I'm like, take an art class, you know, take a culinary class, take, take an automotive shop, you know, you don't know what is going to be important to you or what, what's going to spark your interest. And then if you find something that you're interested in, you know, keep, keep looking into cultivate. it, keep exploring it yes. cultivate that. You know, if you can find uh, a career or a job and something that you're passionate about, you're going to be happy in life. You know, that's it, and that's exactly. It. I mean, I come to I come to work to every every day, and I love what I do. So uh-huh. I'm I'm blessed for that. Um, you know, and and if it doesn't work out, it's okay to change course. Sure. You know, um, there's no shame in changing course. Nope. You know, and and going in and saying, well. I, for example, you know, I, I'm going to do health science, but all of a sudden you've taken a couple of courses and, you know, perhaps it's in business. And now, you know what, I'm really interested in, in business. Well, it's okay to change that career um, path. And so I guess my biggest thing is, you know, always continue to learn um, and don't be afraid to explore your inner self, like what truly makes you happy right. and look for that, you know, um, because there's probably something out there that, that you're passionate about that you sure. can find a, a career path or, or job in. And if not, if it, if it's something that it's a hobby, then keep that part of your life because that's, that's equally important. Sure. You, know? you gotta have, um, you gotta have outside interests. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a big world out there, you know, and, it, and it's, it's scary for kids to, to leave the nest. And, and I also say, um, you know, and I think times are changing a lot. Uh, again, I, I go back to when I was going to school, the expectation is you were going to go right into college. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as we're learning that now more so than ever career pathways out of high school are equally important, equally as su- sure. you could be equally as successful or going into the military and through the military learning, uh, you know, a, 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 a trade or, or a craft or a skill. Um, it's a fabulous way to, uh, to pick something up and, or just going into the workforce, right? Sure. Because you take that year and you, you kind of want to figure out what you're doing. Sure. Uh, there's no wrong, there's no wrong way. No. You and, know, and, you and know, it doesn't have to be the same way as for everybody. Exactly. And I keep telling my students, too, is, you know, not not everybody's made to go to college. You right. know, it's a, the, the, and there are, are plenty of careers, and that's one of the other podcasts that I do are, um, you know, careers you didn't know about, uh, you know, in the water and wastewater industry. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, these are, these are opportunities that are uh, that are out there that people didn't realize they were out there. And, you know, you know, you don't have to have a college education. You can get a certification, and uh, I know operators that that are coming out of college that that are that are making a hundred grand a year. Right. You know, right. Uh, doing doing you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a skill, and and you know they've exploited that, and there's there's need, and it's and it's a skill that that can't be outsourced. 
um, it's it's very stable. It's it's secure, and so it's uh, and you don't have to you know run up fifty, sixty, seventy thousand right. dollars in college loans. Well, and uh, you know my husband is in, in construction management and and uh, the company he works for, but he'll always say the trades right now. You know, there's they're a hurting. desperate need. They're hurting they're for hurting. that. They def- definitely are. Um, and to find somebody who's good at their craft, um, you know, people will pay for it. So. You know, I, I, I tell kids, you know, when I when we go around the room with the seniors and I say, what is your, you know, what is your, what is your, what are you doing after high school? You know, what is your pathway after high school? You know, and you hear kids say, I'm going to this college, I'm going to this college. And then you get to somebody who might not be going to college. And there's sometimes a little bit of, you know, uneasiness with that. Like, yeah. am I not measuring up? And, I, it's, and it's like, well, fabulous. Good for you. You know, um, not everybody has to take that. And it doesn't mean that if you don't go to college now that you can't go back. I mean, Absolutely. there's adult learners all the time. Absolutely. Um, you know, so it, it, there's definitely no one path. And I, I, I try to um, express that to the kids that, you know, y- you're going to find success right. no matter what you do. And if you're looking for it and, and you're, and you, um, put your, put the work in and, and, you know, know. stay focused. Sure, exactly. You know, getting back to the, you know, the band thing, as far as that, do you, do you normally do uh, any um, field trips uh, without performing, like say taking them to a concert or something like that? You know, we have gotten away from that, um, you know, because it always feels like there's a need for uh, that performance aspect. But it's funny you should ask that because Sam and I, um, for people who don't know, I refer to Sam. Sam Tucker's are my cor- yeah. my coral uh, compatriot up there, um, and he and I have spent a lot of time talking about you know what are other things that we can do, and we actually had that conversation with uh, Kate, um, and she said the same thing. She's like, we we need to give these kids these opportunities, and I'm finding more and more um, that students have never been to a live performance yeah. or. Um, the performances that they have been to are, you know, whether it, it's their genre that they listen to, the R&B, hip-hop, or, you know, maybe country or whatever. And sometimes um, we don't necessarily have true live performances in that, you know. Um, sometimes there's not everything. Some, things, some tracks are pre-recorded, some uh-huh. things, right? So, um, you know, for them to go, if I, if I say, raise your hands, if you've ever seen, you know, an orchestra live, it's fewer and fewer kids have, have, have experienced that. So I think um, as we come out of the pandemic uh, in Portland and in the school systems and our musicians, um, our performing professional musicians are coming out of the pandemic, I think it's more it's important now more so than ever that we support that and that we continue that so that they still have jobs too, sure, right? Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, we talked about taking some kids down to the Good Speed and seeing a musical live, you know, because yeah. Good Speed has a great outreach programs, um, you know, for, for students. So I, I think that's something that we're going to explore for these kids particularly on the off years like what can we provide for them uh on an off on an off when i say off year when we're sure. not traveling or no. even possibly taking them to a broadway show yeah you know, i mean that's that's a you know the, the the big apple is is my god there's so many shows down there and, and i it's know the type and, of thing. and they're struggling you know our, they are. our our artists or artist friends are struggling in the, in this career right you know to to get those houses filled in again and and um you know i it's just so important. I go every Friday night. My husband and I have a tradition. We go Friday night um, to a, a restaurant in Colchester. It's the Inishmore Pub. And every Friday night, there's a jazz trio there. And we started okay. that actually um, during the pandemic when we couldn't go inside. It was outside yeah, patio yeah, seating. Yeah. And the little jazz trio would come. And, um, you know, that's what, two and a half years now in the making when they had reopened. Um, but they know. And I. it's just you know, it's an opportunity for them to come out and they pack the house, sure. you know, and yeah. so we take my kids every now and again, Jack and Caitlin will come and it just gives them an opportunity to hear the, the, the live musicians. And, um, you know, I think that's important, you know, if we can just get out and support live music. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that they, they took, a, you know, getting back to the Broadway things, you know, I mean, the broad, not only the, the, the actors and, and musicians and so forth, but there's so many um, oh, tentacles. I mean, the sound, the lighting, your, your the sound, your scenery, makeup, your, yeah. your makeup, your costuming, your costuming. All of those are, you know, bona fide careers. I well, mean, you know, and and so one of the things with in my music tech class when we were um, in that uh, coming out of the pandemic and we had to we had to be you know twelve feet apart and we couldn't be in the music lab because they had to do it on the Chromebook and yeah, yeah. we were doing things through you know Soundtrap and. Um, you know, one of the things I talked to the kids about is career exploration, and we talked about Foley artistry, and then what is there in, what do you have for any kind of music and, sure. or production side yeah, of things? Yeah. 
and the you know it was like a full page a, a two column page of things that you can do um that's in the music art industry sure. um that that are careers that they didn't even think about like being a boom operator for example Absolutely. right you know um what is that to do what is it what does an audio technician do what it you know and then the multiple layers of that you know it's not like just that. one person you know you have this person that's in charge of this and um you know it it just is yeah, it's so important to get back to see that live stuff because we're we're keeping those kids, we're keeping people employed. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and, and those types of skills are, you know, even from the side, uh, you know, live stage. I mean, there there are people they call gaffers that that that, that just tape down the wires, right? You know, you know right. That's their job. That's oh, their job, oh, you know, okay. and they're moving the scenery and, <laughs> yeah, and and that's a beauty, like to. To that end, we do a musical every year. That's something that we had started that our former superintendent, uh, Philip O'Reilly, was really passionate about. You know, we had done, we, when I first started here, and God, it seems so long ago, uh, it was, you know, the musical was every other year. We would travel on, on odd years and musical on even years, for yeah, example. Yeah. And uh, with that, and when Sam came in, he really wanted to, to explore having it every year. And, you know, Philip brought that to the board. And, and again, that's a, that's a cost, right? Sure, There's an expense with that. Absolutely. And they supported that. And um, it's, it, it's huge. You know, we get kids involved from the school that are not involved in the music department. They enjoy art. They enjoy woodworking. They, you know, costuming or makeup or, you know, again, it just it, it provides an opportunity for kids to experience things you know, uh, outside of the classroom setting that they might have a, a, a passion for. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think we need to, to get the kids out to see that um, right. so that, that, you know, twofold. One, that they can experience it and know what it's all about. And two, um, you know, support our, our artist friends. And I guess I would say even threefold. And three, um, what I find when I ask kids, like, what they listen to, the music that they listen right. to, a lot of it is, you know... Um, you know, generated through loops or whatever, right? right, right. So um, more electronic, digitized, if you will, you know. Um, and and so, you know, they're laying down track after track and yep. it's, um, you know, it, it's not the live musicians, you know. Like, you know, I get so excited when I'm sharing, like, I gotta listen to Chicago, you know, like it's a live band, like listen to the brass, um, you know, and and they're like, huh, you know, like that, but that was big sure. when I was little, um, you know, or Huey, Huey Lewis in the news, you know, yeah. I, remember, oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's how I ended up really loving the saxophone and picking it. Sure. it actually, actually, Billy Joel was my inspiration um, for the saxophone. I just love the sound of it. So, um, you know, I think kids just need that opportunity to, right. to, to experience experience that well it's funny i i discovered a new music venue okay that uh in fact my son exposed he, he got got tickets uh to tedeschi trucks uh you know uh susan tedeschi and, and Derek trucks uh down at the westville music bowl uh, right. which is basically um it's the old pilot pen uh, mm -hmm. arena it's right across the street from the yale bowl but it's an outdoor arena and there is not a bad seat in the house the sound is phenomenal um, so we could, and I just went down uh, last uh, last Saturday night. Went down to see uh, Warren Haynes and the Government Mule, but it's it's a great venue. It's outside. It's 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 terrific, you know. And I go from there. But you know, speaking of genres of music, mm -hmm. you know, I had I did a career podcast this morning, and uh, uh, one of our our it was actually our water clerk from the from the, uh, the from the town here, Devin Arce, Okay, who was a yeah, uh, Portland, Port, yeah, Portland, yes, absolutely. So I, you know, we're going to get to this, you know, at the end here. But uh, I says, well, what, what, what kind of interest? Uh, what kind of uh, uh, genre of music are you into? He says, K-pop. K, yeah, K-pop. K-pop. I did not know <laughs> that was the first time I ever heard K-pop. Yeah, know, and so forth. I said, oh, okay. Well, I, you know. It, it, Teaching high school kids and 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 having the middle school kids around, they keep me relevant. Yep, uh, yep. You know, so sometimes they'll say things and I'm too embarrassed to ask what it means or what it's about. So I go home and ask my kids, and then yeah. they, you know, my Jack and Caitlin laugh at me. They're like, "Oh, mom," I'm like, "Hey, I'm just trying to stay up with the times. You know, yep, yep, I, I exactly. gotta I gotta stay somewhat hip here. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to age out. So yeah, I hear you. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think you know they the kids bring such such a different perspective like yeah. for what for what they listen to sure you know um and you can't disrespect what it is that they enjoy no. right because they they come from a different perspective so um you know it might not be my taste in music but it is it, you know and so you look at the genres of music and then the 
the subgenres within those genres. Oh, sure, like, the spinoffs. Yeah, okay. I, it's it, it's exhausting. I, I can't yeah. keep up with them all. So, um, you know, but it, it is interesting to to, to listen. It, it country runs very. Uh, very wide here. Country music. Kids like in Portland seem to like country music. That's very. Yes. That's a very popular genre. Yeah, yeah. Oh. When I do my inventory, um, EDM is another one that's pretty. That's pretty popular. Okay. Some of the kids like that electronic dance music, um, and of course hip hop. Uh, yes. R and B. You know. Yeah, yeah. In the, the rap and whatever that that, that seems to be. Uh, something that they're into, you know, so. they're not going to be telling me they're listening to, you know, classical music. Um, yeah. you know, every now and again, I find kiddos that are really into jazz, but, um, you know, it, so it, is, it is what it they is. They spend more time on, though, uh, classic rock is a big, is a big thing. You know, oh. 80s rock, the kids, I'm, I, which is my speed, right? Because I sure. grew up in the 80s. So, yeah. um, you know, that makes me happy when they, when they know my music. Uh, well, in fact, we had, uh, John did an interview with um, a gentleman that has been around the music circuit. Uh, uh, he, his, his own group is, is called the 70s Project, anyway. Um, Chip Finney plays with oh, him. Oh, Chip, he's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a friend of mine from UConn. Yes, yeah. anyway, but uh, he was a producer. Well, um, year, years back, he told he told the story that uh, um, he's from Colchester, uh, Norwich way. But anyway, uh, if you're familiar uh, with Shabu out on the Willimantic, Shabu no. All-Stars. The no. Well, David Lefty Foster is, is basically the... Uh, originator of the Shabu, and they used to have, oh, they had the Rolling Stones, they had, you know, a lot of heavy people out there anyway. It has since burned down, but David uh, Lefty uh, started uh, his his own business doing backline, and uh, basically so supplying instruments for a lot of the Mohegan and uh, the Foxwood uh, events, and anyway. so he calls up John, he says, hey, I got a, uh, I need a tr- to drive me a truck to New York. He says, well, I don't want to drive a truck. He says, yeah, it's, it's um, I, I got to supply. Journey is going out on tour, and I'm supplying the equipment for it. So you got to drive the thing down here. Anyway, long story short, he finally convinced them to do it. And he went down and uh, got to hang out with these guys. And who was, who was playing in Journey but uh, John Bonham's son. Oh. Okay. And anyway, the, the, as, as the story goes, he got, they liked him. And he, he ended up, you know, being stage manager. And he was actually in the room when, the, when, Led Zeppelin came back and did that reunion show nice. and with John. And, you know, just to, just to hear that story, it was right. just like, oh my God! Uh, and you know, with uh, you know, when they're coming back together after after so many years, of course, you know, after John passed away, I mean, he's Jason. Uh, who better to get to fill the drum spot but the kids, right? And so forth. But it was it was unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, as you know, some of these stories that you hear and you know the connections and so forth. So uh, anyway, um, so. Getting back to music, yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> what's what's the first concert uh, you ever saw? New Kids on the Block. All right, with Tiffany at Lake Compounds. All right, all yes. right. New yes. Kid. Oh, hanging tough. Oh, that was that was my jam. <laughs> <laughs> the boy that, band. The boy band. Oh. Mm, embarrassing story, but why not? I'll just share it. So musicians long time have a long time tradition of naming their instruments, right? Sure. They perform better if they're named, right? Sure. So I had the biggest crush on Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block okay. with his beautiful baby blue eyes. So my saxophone in school was nicknamed Joey. So, um, yeah, that that's New nice. Kids on the Block with Tiffany. Yeah. So. My husband's a huge Tiffany Debbie Gibson fan. There you go. Even to this day, yeah, he's stuck in the '80s more so than me. But <laughs> yeah, I think I think he had a secret crush on those girls. So you know, <laughs> Aha. the truth comes out. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, New Kids on the Block and and Tiffany. So if you had a uh, a Desert Island album, okay, oh, and you got stuck on a Desert Island. I ask my kids this question, what, and I, no one's ever asked me. <laughs> what would you? What would you? Or a couple? Oh. Hmm. I will tell you, um, okay, the album specifically, I, I don't know if I can give you the album specifically, but it would definitely be Billy Joel. Okay. Um, you know, probably his greatest hits because there's some great stuff on that one. Yep, yep. Um, anything from Elton John. Okay. Um, and uh, I'd probably take Chicago just because, you know, what a, 
horn. What a, what a horn section, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, they don't do that anymore. No, you got, you know, she, you got Chicago, you got Tower of Power. I yeah. Mean, you know, all those big. Yeah. So that's a really tough call. Um, but, you know, I, I'm pretty eclectic in what I listen to. Um, so, you know, it could be some classic rock. Def Leppard, you know, if okay. I have to bring Def Leppard, I take Def Leppard with me. Okay. I, I always love Def Leppard. Um, I think that just brings me back to my childhood when I, you know, middle school um, age. Uh, so, and that, and that, when that comes on, I just, I just jam out to it. Um, okay. So, yeah. Wow. That's tough. All I, right. Desert Island food. Desert Island food. I'd say ice cream, but it wouldn't last long. So let's. <laughs> um, yeah, something you can eat every day. Something that I could eat every day. Oh, yeah, it'd be ice cream. Ice cream. Okay. Ice cream is my weakness. Yeah. Well, any particular flavor? Mint chocolate chip or black raspberry. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Just you know, and I find people like you either love mint or hate mint. I've never found anybody neutral to mint. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like either love it or hate it sort it's, of thing. It's either you're in or out. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, so probably ice cream. It's hard for me to turn that down because okay. it's good. Now, on, you know, get, getting back to the music, are you, are you a consistent practicer? Uh, no. No. You know, unfortunately, um, life gets in the way. So, I, you know, I, I had um, kids. When I was teaching private lessons, um, I would play, you know, pretty much every day. Yeah. Um, and then my kids, you know... It, I leave, if you ask Sam Tucker and my calendar pops up and you'd be like, what is going on on that calendar? Um, Cause I'd have my school day, which ends at, you know, two 3 o'clock and, and then I have my extracurriculars. But after my extracurriculars at Portland, I would come home and be mom. And that would go until like 10 30, 11 o'clock at night, um, transporting them to their, whatever activity it was there. So right. finding time to practice was really challenging. And yeah. then it, you kind of get out of the habit of it. So, yeah. I'm sort of hoping now that I'm, I'm, you know, one bird out of the nest, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that we can bring that back in and, nice. and make that happen, you know, um, because you just you just find the time, you know. Now I know your main instrument is saxophone. What, what's your what's your tenor, alto? Uh, um, alto. I was primarily alto uh, all through high school, and then I picked up soprano um, in college. Actually. You know, when I went to college, I auditioned, uh, you go and you audition for your ensemble. And uh, I auditioned, and I was a young whippersnapper, and, you know, I thought, oh, okay, whatever. You're you know, still I, a young whippersnapper. You know, okay, went to ensemble, what do I know how it was going to work? Well, I saw the assignment, and I was lucky enough as a freshman to make the Yukon Wind Ensemble, uh, but on the Barry Sax. So, oh, okay. yeah, so I picked up the Barry Sax, and um, that was an adjustment. That's a great instrument. And then I ended up playing Barry um, in the jazz bands, the lab ba- jazz band up there, and then, um, you know, the actual la- the jazz band itself, the, the main jazz band. And uh, I picked up soprano. Um, I played the soprano in the, in the sax quartet. So, um I didn't play as much tenor. Tenor kind of faded in and out a little bit. Okay. I did that in marching band in high school and a, a little bit here and there. But um, yeah, so I, I play all of all of them, obviously. So, uh, you you have all the saxes, correct? I do not own a Barry sax. Oh, okay. No, sadly. Um, uh, yeah. So, but it's it was it was a lot of a lot of fun, you yeah. know, playing all playing all those. So, um, but alto alto was sort of what got me into it and and uh which is weird though because when I listen to the saxophone like the sound that I like the best is yep. the tenor. Okay. Like yep. I just find it smooth and sure. and sexy and whatever but I played the alto so kind of weird. Yes, I don't know. Uh I don't know if you know um in fact we have in 2 weeks we have uh Bill Holloman. Do you know Bill Holloman? I do all? not. No. Bill Bill is uh horn player that uh, it's been around the music scene in Connecticut. He's played with everybody. Uh, he's been out on tour, but he plays. He's so unique. He plays. He plays sax. He plays trumpet. He plays uh, trombone, flugelhorn. He plays them all. And he, you know, depending on what the gig is, uh, and so he's he's unbelievable. That's know? that's awesome. Yeah, but he's you know plays with the Shubu All Stars, and you know he's he's been on tour with so many people. Yeah, and, and you know what's weird is so I am primarily, when I went to UConn, I, uh, when you say this, people kind of like how, it's like an oxymoron, uh, was really a classical saxophone player. Uh-huh. Um, so that's sort of where I, I lived uh, and, and, and spent my time. And so, you know, I dabbled in jazz band a little bit um, here and there and, and whatever. But it's it's interesting because you, you pretty much know the saxophone for, for jazz and sure. pop yeah, yeah, and whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it it... it 
so when I say I play saxophone, I really enjoy classical music. It's kind of a, a, a it was a weird fit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, hey, it existed and it was great, and and there's some great stuff out there for uh, classical sax. But um, you don't, you just don't find them that often. <laughs> yeah, my uh, in fact, our, our records, our secretary in the public works, she's a huge. Um, uh, Barry Manilow fan, and she went to the Barry Manilow concert. It was in, I think it was in Rhode Island. I think yeah. It was, but uh, who opened for him? But was was Dave Koss. Oh, okay. And so forth. And she says he was phenomenal. I bet. You know, Barry Manilow, that brings me, 2009, I took the band to Washington, D.C. for the July 4th Independence Day Parade. We were invited to, to march in that parade uh, yeah. back in 2009. And so as we were walking around uh, Washington, D.C. as a group, uh, as a band, um, for the 4th of July, uh, the per performer there happened to be Barry Manilow and he was doing a sound check and the kids stopped and watched a sound check. And yeah. like, that was a great authentic experience because they didn't realize what goes on. And, oh, yeah. uh, and um, they were stunned by how demanding, um, you know, performers can be. And I'm like, listen, it has to be right for them, you know? Exactly. So they have their particular nuances that they what, want and how they want to hear it and what yes. they need to hear in their headsets and what they, what they need in a monitor mix and what yeah, they don't want in a monitor mix, right. bring this level up, bring that level yeah, down. And so it was sort of, it was fascinating for the kids to see that, that, you know, it, you know they just walk out on stage. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. Hey, Kristen, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, I appreciate you coming down. Um, uh, this has been a phenomenal experience. I'm so glad that you made time to come out and uh, you're, you have uh, uh, given us a, a new perspective on the educational side of music. So Yeah, anyway. well, I appreciate you having me. And, you know, I didn't say earlier, but I would just want to say thanks for all that you do for the kids here in Portland and, and for our music program in Portland. Uh, this is a, a, a plug for Dave Kosminski in the music shop here. You know, the yeah. four, you know, the 2.30, Dave, my tuba's broken. I have a concert in three hours. Can you fix it? No worries. Uh, it's, a, it's a team effort. Yeah, it's a team so, effort. and, you know, giving the kids here an opportunity in the community to perform. So, Great. you know, I hope you continue that too. Thank so. you so much. Be happy to. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is our episode here with the John Peckman Podcast. We're live here in the Connecticut Valley School of Music Podcast Studio. Miss Kristen Novak was in the house, our illustrious band teacher for many, many years at Portland High School. So thank you so much for coming, Kristen, and we'll see you back at, back at the 29th. We're back in school. That's right. Thank you so much, Dave. Uh, thank you.